The winner is. 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 Or somebody can send your luggage. Sometimes. That means sometimes. There can be a hundred people in a room. Maybe there is right now. I know it's tuna, but it, it says chicken. I don't know her. She always has these long lists of like diva demands. Cheetos and Doritos. Great gowns, beautiful gowns. I understand you embrace the term diva. Yeah. Hello, divas and divos. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Diva Dailies. Yes, this this is really happening. This is not a glitch in in the Diva database. You are listening to a brand new episode being recorded in 2021. Welcome to Diva Dailies. This is a podcast where we deconstruct divas on film, TV, and in music. I'm your host, Steffi, in case you forgot, because I know... It's been a while. Um, you can follow me on social media. I'm at INN underscore MHO on Twitter and Instagram. And I also have a YouTube channel, in my humble opinion. But in case you didn't want to follow me and you just wanted to follow the podcast, we're at Diva Daily's Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And then if you want to email us, DivaDailyspod at gmail.com. Do not call the number that we were giving out last year because that no longer exists. And I don't know who you will be talking to if you call that number. So if you if you want to share your thoughts via voice, just email or DM me. And if I like it, maybe I'll include it. And if I don't, sorry, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. That is very important. Don't forget to rate and review us and make sure you're subscribed. Wow. I bet you guys are wondering right now what is happening, why why are you back, where have you been? But before we get into all of those pressing questions, um, the answers aren't really that dramatic, by the way, I have to bring on my guest co-host for this week. If you listened back to any of season one, um, you will be familiar with her because she appeared on a good chunk of those episodes and she is a fan favorite i will confirm she is a fan favorite because whenever i would promote the podcast on instagram if i said this person's gonna be on people would be like yeah and if i if i didn't mention she was gonna be on i could sense the disappointment through the dms so i think i hear jamaican horns in the distance which can only be one thing it's angie Hey guys. Hey. Yes. Angie is here. Oh my goodness. That intro was nice. I I will have to admit the intro was really really kind. No, it's it's true. Like literally if I would post like, you know, I Oh, you don't you don't have an Instagram, do you? No, I don't. Angie's like <laughs> Do I expose myself do I? or not? Wow. Okay. So she's a rarity, but she does have a Twitter. Uh, I do. What's your Twitter? At Poetry Soul 3. So make sure you follow her because I'm sure a lot of people are going to be like, oh, I like her. I got to follow her. But what I was going to say was whenever I promote the the podcast on Instagram, I do like a whole stories thing. And sometimes I'll put like featuring guest co-host and then I'll put the name. Well, I have to put your name. I can't tag you because there's nothing to tag. <laughs> and um, people will be like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm so excited. And then sometimes I'll get, oh, where's Angie? And I'm like, um, what do you mean? Where's Angie? I'm here. You're like I'm the show. I created this. I am the main event. 
<laughs> with the diva. But no, everybody loves you, Angie. So oh, she's thanks, here. guys. Thanks, guys. I mean, I guess before we begin, I kind of hinted at this in the beginning. If people are so nosy and they really want to know why has it taken it so long for us to come back, it's because I got tired and I needed a break. I have a lot of respect for people who do podcasts on a weekly basis and they just independently create. It is hard, but we'll see if how long we continue into 2021. <laughs> I wouldn't call this an official season two relaunch. It's more of a we're not dead. We're here. So, yeah. So this episode is going to be a bit different from other ones because this is like a diva news recap episode we haven't done an episode like this before and um i was thinking it actually makes sense that we haven't done an episode like this because when we we started this podcast it was 2020 the pandemic year and obviously nothing was happening so (laughs) now we're back and there's a lot of things that are happening in the diva cinematic universe the superior dcu (laughs) screw the mcu and the dcu it's the diva cinematic universe (laughs) that's i'm officially coining that phrase thank you i support it but we're going to be talking about a bunch of different divas and just going through the headlines if you guys like this episode let us know and we will try and work these kinds of episodes into the podcast every now and then because there's always something happening with our our favorite divas and i have to say too if we don't get to your favorite diva that wasn't intentional We just have so many divas that are doing so many things, and these are the ones that took priority. So I guess before we really get into our topics, we have to go into Oscar and Razzie moment of the week. This is the part of the podcast where we talk about our personal high point and low point moments of the week. But since we haven't recorded in quite a bit, it doesn't have to be limited to just the week. It could really be anything good or bad that has happened since um, we last talked. So Angie... Guess first, what's your Oscar and Razzie moment of the week? Okay, Oscar moment for the break <laughs> is me starting my YouTube channel. Oh, yes! Yay! <laughs> I mean, I haven't posted a ton, but I like what I've posted thus far. But yeah, it's been a very healing um, kind of experience for me because, you know, I've been stressed out and I needed another outlet. So yeah, yeah. I was like... Let me just do what I actually love. And I like to nerd out on things. And I'm always the person wanting to talk about top tens. Like, what's your top ten? This or that. And so that's what I did. Top tens, dissections. And what's the name of your YouTube channel? Sleepy Nerd Productions. Got it. Yeah, you guys have to subscribe. Angie makes such quality video essays when she sent me like well first angie sent me like her little like intro thing and the the words go boom and there's like a sound effect that goes and then there's like aren't there like flames at one point i remember being like oh my god what the that's so good my intro is just text beep that's it um angie comes in it's like text uh sound effects flames boom 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 and she's like, so what so what'd you think about this? <laughs> I was I was really like I'm very insecure about my work. As an artist, I'm very, very, very insecure. So, you know, I was just trying to get your your input. You were hyping me up though. I felt I was like, maybe no, I need I to send to. it to somebody else. I don't know. She just she was hyping <laughs> me up a lot. 
I am I am truly like the best hype person. If you're ever feeling down, I will hype you up. But you deserve that recognition. See, this is me Thanks. again. Come on, come on, Angie. You could do it. You could do it. Um, but yeah, Angie makes such great video essays. What are some of the video essays that you um did so far? A lot of them are just top tens. My most popular stuff right now is the Chloe and Halley top 10 virtual performances, the Zendaya in Euphoria top 10. Oh, that was you know, a good best one. performances. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. That was a really good um, one. Yeah. And then the video essay, which took me 18,000 years to create, yeah. is the video essay around Chloe and Halley, um, the kids are all right era. Yeah, that's a really good one too. I commented and was like, send this to Parkwood <laughs> Entertainment and they could use this as their professional reel. It's like that. It's that good. Angie did that. Oh, so thanks. Thanks. Yeah. There you go. And then the Razzie moment is it happened last night, actually. She's like, so... when you DM'd me, I was like, God, it's happening. God, again. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No, I was actually, um, I had to go fill up my tank. I get, get to the gas station. Oh, God. And I usually, so I have like a small truck, kind of. It's like a crossover SUV. Uh-huh. And so it usually takes like $60 to fill up the tank. Oh, the gas is expensive. Listen, <laughs> I put $60 and I looked up at the marquee and I saw that it was four fifty. I said, wait, hold up. When did gas get this expensive? The last time I filled up my tank, it felt like it was at four thirty-five, four forty. Right. That was yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Oh my god. I'm shook. I'm like, I gotta get a moped, <laughs> a Segway, something, because this is too expensive. It's way too expensive. <laughs> Angie's like, I guess I'll be walking. <laughs> Get my bike out, I yeah. got mountain bike. Let's go! <laughs> oh man, at at Newsom, who do we speak to about this? For real, because especially in California, it's really really hard to period. Get around. <laughs> period. Yeah. <laughs> he said and done. Yeah. In sentence. <laughs> no, but it's really hard to get around California without a car, and yeah. our metro system is trash. Like. It's just, uh, man, gases need to go down. Gas mm -hmm. prices. I guess I'll get into my Oscar and Razzie moment of infinite time. Let's start with the Razzie moment of the week. This actually pertains to divas. My Razzie moment of whatever is I am at an interesting place in my Whitney fandom journey. I, I started to feel this happening over the beginning of the summer. And I feel like... My, I'm like, I feel like I fucking hate Whitney. Just kidding. <laughs> I was about no. to say like, oh my God. I'm like, see that poster back there? She's about to bet trashed. <laughs> She's going in the, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Everybody knows Whitney is one of my favorite. She is my favorite diva and she's one of my favorite artists. Her and Michael are like cemented always in my heart. Number one. But because, you know, Whitney is no longer with us. <laughs> And the estate is not giving us anything to really celebrate or be happy about. I started to feel at the beginning of the summer, my Whitney, my Whitney love kind of, I'm not going to say like diminish because that's not the right word, but I felt a bit discouraged and demoralized as a fan. 
That's fair. Because I feel like every time Whitney is in the headlines, which we will be talking about in this episode, but every time there's like new Whitney related news, I'm like not happy about it. And it's not because like, oh, I wasn't happy with that song or I wasn't happy with that album. It's like, oh, she's like continually being disrespected. And it is very hard to take and watch as a fan to like kind of just continually watch the the desecration of Whitney Houston like occur what feels like on a weekly basis it just makes me feel really demoralized and sad and discouraged as a fan and that's kind of what started to happen over the summer obviously I still love Whitney but I feel like I'm not engaging with her as much as maybe I used to because it just makes me so sad because I'm like god She's no longer, not only is she not here, but what they're doing to her legacy, it just makes me really upset. So that's that's my Razzie moment of infinite time. What are your thoughts on that, Angie? Do you feel the same way? Because you're, you're a Whitney fan too. Yes. Um, I, I'm kind of in a different boat because people think I'm a stan. I'm not a stan. I'm a, just a really big fan. Okay. So I'm like, I'm not- and, and. <laughs> Um, but a lot of the things that the estate is doing I just pay it no mind Mm. because I low-key don't want to support it anyways right because of Pat Houston and yeah the shenanigans rat Risha (laughs) right (laughs) so yeah I just pay everything that the estate has been doing the past few years no mind unless Mm. they're going to start re-releasing tours Oh my god, we've literally been asking for that since like Whitney died. <laughs> that's that's all we want. That's all we really want. And it's just like also this like thing too of like following someone who is no longer here is a very different experience. Yeah. Of following someone who's still like at least here on earth and has the potential to always like right. release new stuff or do new things. It's yeah. like every time I get to the I look to you era, I don't really engage too much in that Oof. period of time because I'm like, oh man, this is like really rough, especially towards the right. end. And then when I finish the I look to you era, it's like, well, that's it. There's nothing that, else. That's it. Back yeah. to the beginning. 19- right. <laughs> like literally, you guys think I'm joking. Like that's literally what usually happens. So I've had to kind of take a step back because I, I feel like next year with that movie coming out, it's going to be oh, times. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Man. It's going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting. <laughs> but since my um diva... I don't know. Diva calendar is kind of cleared. It has given me space to get into some newer artists that I never thought I would really enjoy. And we'll get into that in a little bit in the episode. (laughs) But I feel like Whitney gave me her blessing because there's some like weird when I was like watching so many interviews or like learning random things about this particular group and this particular solo artist. I was like, oh, they would literally mention Whitney. And I was like, Whitney is here. And she's like, girl, (laughs) take a break. Go with these ladies giving you my sign of approval. A lot of these new artists are newer ish artists a lot of them lead back to either janet michael or whitney and prince and they'll name any one of those so it's like it's easy to get a blessing from the legends but you know what's really funny is none of these artists are quote-unquote new they were like older but i went back they're new for you they're new for me yes one of them in particular i would have (laughs) i would have never thought it would happen 
and not because I was like anti them, but I'm like, wow, as it was happening, I was like, oh shit, I could, I feel like I like them. God damn it. <laughs> Here it goes. Here it goes. Okay. So now we're really going to get into our, our news topics. Maybe one day we'll figure out a name for this segment, but for right now, I'm like, I'm going to be like Wendy Williams. How you do it? <laughs> hot topics. No, we're not calling it hot topics. We'll call it something else one day, but these are our news topics. So we have to get into the big diva news. The first being is Britney Jean Spears is a free woman. Thank goodness. A big win today for Britney Spears as a judge finally rules that after 13 years, her conservatorship is no more. Victory for Britney Spears. Fans go wild in downtown Los Angeles across from the Superior Court where a judge has officially ended the 13-year-long conservatorship of Britney Spears. So Angie, what are your thoughts? Did you watch any of the Britney documentaries or engage with any of that? I watched the Hulu one from the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I watched too. I didn't know it was on Hulu, but I saw it trending one day. Oh. And I said, you know what? Let me just let me just see what what's good. And because they were dragging Justin Timberlake. You were like, I am always there for that. <laughs> I am in. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I sat and watched it and like I knew about it. But I didn't know about it. Yeah. I was just like, this is this is janky. Like, free my good sis. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I, I'm I'm really, really happy that she is free. Yeah. But it almost reminded me of that movie. What's that movie called on Netflix? Oh my gosh. Is it Can I Help You? Oh, the one with um oh, oh my god, oh, what's dude, her from name? Game from Game of Thrones. I know what you're... Oh, I care. I care a lot. I care a lot. Good morning, Miss Peterson. I'm sorry to disturb you so early. The court has ruled that you require assistance in taking care of yourself. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm afraid it's not up to you to decide. The court has appointed me to be your legal guardian. What? You have to come with me. And remember, I'm here to help. Listen, it reminded me of that. To see this white pop star yeah. in this kind of situation, it's just like how many people are in that kind yeah. of situation but don't have the press on their back or behind them to help them. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm I'm really, really happy for Britney Spears. But it also made me sad too, thinking about how many other people like this is in a situation where they can't get out of it. This would mean everything for Britney Spears. She has been under conservatorship for 13 years. So to have this come to an end would mean that she is finally free in every single sense, financially, personally. I have to say too, I remember when I watched um, that Hulu documentary too, because my my friends were like, you have to watch it, you have to watch it. But I was really intrigued by like the, the way the fans were involved. Oh, yeah. With this whole thing. Like, they're really the ones that started this hashtag free Britney yeah. movement. And I remember I was talking with my friends and my friends were like, eh, I don't know about that fan part. Like, that that seems like they're looking into it too much. Da, 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 da. But now, like, Britney was literally wearing a free Britney shirt on, yeah. like, I think the night before the day of she was finally free from her conservatorship. So I have to, as obviously, like, give it up to her, her legal team, but also to the fans. Because yeah. Britney fans 
well, fans of any kind, but especially the Britney fans, they are very loyal and passionate, and they yeah. they saw when their their pop star was in trouble. So I think that's kind of amazing right. that they were able to come together and help her out in that way. What do we want? Free Britney! When do we want it? Now! What do we want? This is Free Britney 102, where we explore issues related to the Free Britney movement. The Free Britney movement is advocating for the end of Britney Spears' conservatorship. But a functioning woman that's been working nonstop, it just, it doesn't make any sense. We stand up for you, Britney Spears, and we won't stop until you reach freedom. Seeing that part on the documentary, it left me in awe, but it felt very familiar because we've seen Janet Stans do the same thing. Yeah. Michael Stans, when Leaving Neverland came out. Yeah. It's cool to see Stans be sane at times yeah. and work for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Instead of being notorious for crazy-ish, you know. Mm-hmm. But that was the really cool part. Yeah. Because sometimes with stands, it's a very fine line that you're walking of like, you sound crazy. Yeah. You're looking into things too right. much. Or wait, actually, you do have valid points. Exactly. Yeah. So Britney's fans want her to get back on that stage. Can she? Will she perform again? You know, it's really up to Britney if she wants to perform. But since she hasn't been working throughout the conservatorship recently because her father got a cut of that, now she might want to because it's only up to her. But all of her fans know Britney loves being on the stage. She loves performing with her fans. What would you like to see Britney do next? Listen, if she wants to just sit and watch Hulu for the rest (laughs) of her days, God bless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want her to do whatever the fuck she wants. I want her to be as free as she wants. Mm-hmm. If she wants to spend the next five years airing out her family, <laughs> bless, do that. If she wants to release a new album, do that. If she wants to tour, do that. Yeah. I want her to be happy. Yes. That's what I want for her. I agree. I think that's another lesson that we can take too from the whole Britney debacle is as fans, as people who consume these artists work, not to be like, not to think that they owe us anything and not to think that we like own them, period. Just letting them, letting them be free to do whatever they want. And we should just be happy with that. So I'm, I'm in the same boat with you too, Angie. If Britney never wants, I mean, Britney has, she has so many albums and has left us with a great body of work. So we can always engage with that. And she's just, you know, now living her best life, dancing on Instagram, painting. (laughs) (laughs) Just want her to be happy. (laughs) The other day she like posted a video of herself dancing to um, Whitney's I'm Your Baby Tonight. And I was like, oh, I saw that one. Oh my gosh! Oh, look at her. She she really loves this tune. Right. Maybe she's an "I'm Your Baby Tonight" era stan. <laughs> but yeah, thankfully Brittany is free. Okay, so I'm here today to answer all of your guys' questions. And the first main question that you guys have been asking me is, what am I going to do now that the conservatorship's over with? Very good question. Well, let's see. I've been in the conservatorship for 13 years. It's a really long time to be in a situation you don't want to be in. Um, so I'm just grateful, honestly, for each day and being able to have um, the keys to my car and being able to be independent and feel like a woman and um, owning an ATM card, seeing cash for the first time, being able to buy candles. It's the little things for us women, but it makes a huge difference. And um, I'm grateful for that. You know, it's nice. It's really nice. Um, but um, I'm not here to be a victim. 
Um, I lived with victims my whole life as a child. That's why I got out of my house and I worked for 20 years and worked my ass off. I'm here to be an advocate for people with real disabilities and real illnesses. Um, I'm a very strong woman, so I can only imagine um, what the system has done to those people. Um, so hopefully my little story, um, hopefully my story will make an impact and um, make some changes um, in the corrupt system. And the Free Britney movement, you guys rock. Honestly, my voice was muted and threatened for so long and um, I wasn't able to speak up or say anything. And um, because of you guys and the awareness of kind of knowing what was going on and delivering that news to the public for so long, you gave it awareness um, to all of them. And um, because of you, I honestly think you guys saved my life in a way, 100%. Um, and I know there's a lot of jokes about the Free Britney movement. Um, we're not free, we're expensive. Okay, birdies, I'm expensive too. But anyways, with that said, um, let's move forward. God bless you all. We're going to have a good year, good Christmas, and rock on. But now I guess we can move on to our next topic. So this is a topic that Angie really wants to talk about. Do you want to introduce it? Because I really yes, know nothing sure. about it aside from the Twitter link that you sent me. <laughs> and you were probably shocked when you yeah, saw it Yeah, I was like, too. what sure. is happening? <laughs> so we're going to talk about Chloe. There's no big introduction. We're going to talk about Chloe from Chloe and Hallie. As you guys probably know, she is trending pretty much every week. Anytime she drops something, a video, this girl is trending. Um, and let me preface this by saying I am a Chloe and Hallie stan. Oh, here she goes. I am a stan. Now, listen, <laughs> <laughs> I've only stan four people in my life. Okay. Aaliyah, TLC, Janet Jackson, Audra McDonald. Oh, wow. Okay. I know, right? That came out of nowhere. Curveball. (laughs) Audra McDonald is that girl. But Chloe and Hallie has been added to that list. Wow. I know. You got to give it up to them. But the big thing is Chloe keeps trending because of the sex, her sexuality. Oh, okay. Or the way that she's presenting her sexuality. Okay. People have been pretty much dragging her. Because they feel that she is trying too hard mm. to be sexy. Okay. That link that I sent you, uh, this the reference is Chloe posted a video. I guess she was thanking fans. She had like the jazz, sexy jazz music <laughs> on in the back. Yeah. In her lingerie. Yeah. Licking a lollipop. Like, thank you fans for everything. Lick. Yeah. I want to thank you guys for everything that you guys done. You know, stuff like that. Right. To my four million followers and counting, my candy kisses and my clovers. Thank you all so much for loving me and I love you right on back. There's a lot more to come. Mm. So people said it was cringe and I honestly thought she was trolling at first because she was getting dragged so much about being too much, too extra, too sexy. I legitimately thought it was like, oh, She's trolling everybody. This is great. Yeah. Until she took it down. And then I said, oh, wait, was she for real about it? Uh Uh-huh. But the conversation or the question I have is, is there a point where sexuality is too much for an artist? Like, should there be a stopping point? Mm. And is there, how do we know whether it's cringe or not? Mm -hmm. For me, I would say maybe that depends on the artist. 
Mm-hmm. And that depends on how successfully the artist can pull off being quote unquote sexy, you know? Because yeah. how how old is she now? She's 23, I believe. I think that's that's also kind of like a difficult thing, too, is when we were the general public was first introduced to her, like she was, you know, young. Yeah. She was under 18, right? Yeah. The first movie that she did was uh, Fighting Temptations with Beyonce. Right. She was like four. And then when she came out with her sister and as like an actual artist under Parkwood, yeah, was she, she was like 18. Yeah. I think it's it's just hard in general when you first get exposed to an artist and they're young to then suddenly see them start being a little bit more sexual. You're like, whoa, whoa, what the? <laughs> But actually, they are of age, and that should be fine. But um, do you think she was being serious with that video? Or like, do you think she was trolling? In my mind, I want to say that she's trolling. If she was serious, how do I say that? Okay, I felt like it was cringe, but I wasn't judging her for it. Because I yeah. think Chloe's in this space where she's trying to figure out her sexuality. Right. And how to present it. Right. Now, if I go back to my early 20s, if there was video of me yeah trying to be sexy yeah and i look back at that i know i probably would have looked cringe Mm -hmm. on several different occasions right you know yeah but um chloe's doing it in front of everybody Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to give her great i'm not trying i'm giving her grace because she's trying to figure it out in public there's times where it's going to be cringe and there's times that it's not i felt like it was a lot but the jokes coming from it was really hilarious like they were just saying that it looked like the um the pop-up videos where you're on one two three movies (laughs) (laughs) it looked like that (laughs) yeah you like try to exit out right away you're like oh no 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 (laughs) that was the chloe video that was definitely oh my gosh (laughs) well maybe she's a fan of like one two three movies She's like, it was inspired. I had true inspiration behind yeah, this. Yeah, I, I want to pay homage to the pop-ups. <laughs> but also, too, um, they've been really hard on her doing pop music, too. Mm. So then the question is, because she has said in several interviews that she's experimenting. There is a huge conversation around black artists, specifically black female artists. Right, yeah. Who don't get the space to experiment. Mm. There's only a couple that I could think of off the top of my head. Janet being one of them. Beyonce, but that was after, like you four. know, B-Day. Yeah. yeah, where she was able to experiment. Rihanna, same thing. But the the lack of ability to experiment and have space to experiment has been on the forefront of my mind, especially when it comes to Chloe, Because I feel like we're low-key hard on her. Mm-hmm. We're not low-key, we're hard on her. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Do you think part of the reason why she gets so much shit is maybe because of the Beyonce association? Yes. Because she does sound like her mentor. Yeah, yeah, they really do. Beyonce's daughter, for sure. Yeah. Because she is Beyonce's daughter, yes, she will get compared to Beyonce. But people forget Beyonce was extra, too, in her early years. Her early solo years, she was... A lot of times over singing, them runs were going on for forever, running marathons. Part of it has to do with Beyonce. Part of it has to do with she is not a new artist. So I think there is like credible feedback 
that's happening too mm-hmm. because we've seen amazing work from her mm. this would be her fifth project wow yeah so she has three projects before ungali hour then ungali hour now her solo project and we've seen the incredible work that she's done we know what her potential is and sometimes it feels like she's not meeting it mm. but again that goes back to she's experimenting so what kind of grace are we giving her or in what kind of space are we giving her to actually experiment? And what does that look like mm-hmm. for us as fans and just bystanders, you know? Right. And I think it's so hard too, for like these younger artists now who are like coming up in this like social media environment, yeah. because now like every single thing that they do, like they can get the immediate feedback and opinions of all these different people. Whereas maybe like yeah. back in the day, like even like Beyonce's, days when she was in her early 20s like yeah i'm sure people were like criticizing her but there was there wasn't a way where she could like get that immediate feedback all at once and like she can see it and everyone else can see what everyone is saying it's just yeah yeah, it's just a hard time to be a, a younger artist and to find your way in the public you know your image was way more curated like you had to go through several people to put out you know, official photos yeah. or videos or anything. Yeah, that's a good point. Whereas Chloe can just do an Instagram video, post it, boom. It's either a hit or miss. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is it's definitely harder for for the newer the newer kids yeah. coming in. Well, I guess we shall see what other <laughs> new stuff she will be sharing, be it on the music front or the uh, one two three movies genre. <laughs> so. and on that note let's transition to our next diva (laughs) miss taylor swift so at the time of recording this taylor swift over the weekend um on november 13th 2021 this past saturday she re-released red parentheses Taylor's version. And now to major news for Swifties and really all fans of superstar Taylor Swift. Her new re-recorded album, Red, has finally dropped, so you can stay, stay, stay for tonight's By the Numbers. 2012, that is when Red first debuted, but now she has released new versions of those hits. It's titled Red, Taylor's Version. Now this album has 30 tracks, including every song Swift wrote for the original, plus many more that didn't make the cut at the time. And diehard fans may need to calm down about her new 10-minute version of the beloved anthem All Too Well, which my sister says is her best song, and it's believed to be about her painful split from actor Jake Gyllenhaal. Now, after some bad blood with her previous record label, Swift decided to re-record her first six albums so that now she can own her master recordings, and Red Taylor's version is the second installment of this project after she released a re-recorded version of her Grammy-winning album Fearless back in April, and that has already been streamed three times as much as the original since its release. Angie, did you what's what's your relationship to Taylor Swift as an artist? Okay, uh, there oh, really is. Look at that pause. Uh, <laughs> Taylor fans <laughs> are sensing blood. They're out for blood. No shade. Taylor Swift is not my artist. Right. Yeah, that's fine. And I and that's okay, people who yes. may be watching and listening <laughs> this. That doesn't make Angie a bad person. That's fine. <laughs> We're allowed to have choices and this is a choice that she is practicing. You know, she's just she's not my artist. I respect what she does. She does it well. 
Yeah. Yeah. She does all her, too well. She's all too well. She's <laughs> in her own lane, but I really don't have a relationship with her music. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from the stuff that came out like 2009 ish. That's like love story. Yeah, like era, early, right? early, early stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. She was just coming out with a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, she has a couple hits that I like, but uh-huh. aside of that, I really don't have a relationship to her music. So I'm going to assume you didn't listen to the original Red album when that came out. Aside from a couple songs that I was forced to listen to by my students, no. Oh, right. Because you're surrounded by the kids. I'm surrounded by the kids. Um, So, you know, they were trying to put me on, but I was like, oh, this is cute. Yeah. You know, and I kept it pushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it just wasn't for me. But I do respect her re-recording everything. Mm-hmm. I'm always for that because in the music industry, especially for an artist, your biggest control is to have your masters. If you don't have your masters, you really don't have control. Not you don't really. You don't have control over your music, period. Yeah. They can do whatever they want. Licensing, publishing, all of that extra stuff. That doesn't go to you unless you wrote songs, unless you produce your own songs, all of that stuff. That's where other rights come in. But yeah, you can't really do much with your catalog if you don't have the masters. I know this year, Anita Baker just gained control of her masters. And Anita Baker is someone who has been in the industry for a very, very, very long time. She is much older than Taylor from a completely different era. So, I mean, the fact that she only just gained back control of her, her masters Right. And we're looking at Taylor Swift, who is still a young. Well, I don't know if I would say maybe she's like a young artist compared to other people on their musical journey because she's been out for a while. But like in life, she's still a young woman. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been quite a few people who've re-recorded their songs. TLC re-recorded a few of their songs, their big hits like Ain't You Proud of Bag and all that stuff. Uh, Jojo. Oh, Jojo. Yes. Her, yes. Her first album. Um, did Tony Braxton do that with Libra? I'm not quite sure. She should. Yeah. Because I don't really want to support old dudes yeah. <laughs> from Black Crown. But, um, yeah, a lot of artists end up having to re-record their stuff. It sucks. That sounds like it sucks. But if it's a chance for them to get their money, shoot, I, I say do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I support it. One million percent. Music, I've always wanted to own my own music since sure. I started making my music. And if you probably don't know this, but most of your favorite artists do not own their work. Um, the music industry is, uh, you know, um, certain corners of it. But I think that um, there, was, there was something that happened years ago where I, um, I made it very clear that I wanted to be able to buy my music. That opportunity was not given to me. And it was sold to somebody else. And so I just figured I was the one who made this music first. I can just make it again. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. When something says in parentheses, Taylor's version next to it, that means I own it, which is exciting. It's, um, it's quite it's quite a clever a loophole, oh, Taylor. I really tip my cap. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of new, new songs, um, Miss Beyonce over the weekend released a new song for King Richard. The song is called Be Alive. And she has, um, not only is she obviously the one singing on the track, but she also has um, producer credit, I believe, and also songwriting credit. 
Have you listened to Be Alive? I listened to it 30 minutes before we jumped on this Skype. That's right, Angie. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, I heard that the song had dropped. I just, the bits and pieces of of the song that I heard, it wasn't clicking with my spirit. So I was like waiting. Mm. Um, But then I sat down and listened to it. And it's a cute little song. I like the beginning when she's like, be alive. <laughs> and then if you've like seen the video, like the, the tennis ball like becomes the dot yeah. of the eye. I'm like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. visuals. <laughs> <laughs> no, that part was good. Her runs at the end of the song. Great. I mean, she gave a stellar vocal performance. Yeah, she sounds really great. She sounds amazing. The song itself didn't hit my spirit but maybe i need to listen to it again mm-hmm. um it sounded like a filler track on an album mm. i felt like the song was a bit repetitive yeah but i mean she sounds great beehive yeah <laughs> i'm like we're dodging so many stands in this episode <laughs> it wasn't a bad song yeah it wasn't a phenomenal song mm-hmm. maybe it was the hype around it Everybody's been talking about the Oscars about it and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, we about to get like some something epic. Yeah. And I didn't feel like it it made the epicness that I created in the head in my head. Mm-hmm. The tennis ball of the eye wasn't enough. Didn't do enough for you. <laughs> no, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> so do, do you think do you think based off of just like the song, not considering like other songs that may be eligible, do you think Beyonce has a chance of being nominated for best original song at the oscars for be alive i think based on her name alone she has a possibility yeah the hype that king richard is getting right now i mean they're they're talking about will smith might be nominated yeah i've heard that so just off the hype of the of her name and the movie itself it definitely has a chance but i don't think it's an oscar song winning song yeah I don't think it's an Oscar nominated song. Oh, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Stans. But I no, I just think that there's way better things in her catalog that I could have been like, oh yeah, this could be nominated for an Oscar. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just it's just a cool song. I feel like off of the strength of you know the fact that she is Beyonce, um, <laughs> I think producers and maybe the voting committee of the Oscars will be like, we want Beyonce to be at the Oscars and to perform this song because we need the ratings. And then they will get Beyonce to perform at the Oscars. And then whether or not she wins, that's a completely different question. But if we get Beyonce nominated, she will show up to our award ceremony and she will perform and we will get the views. That's, I feel like, the way this is going to pan out. I I completely, 1 million percent agree, especially because the Oscars... Their viewership has decreased so much in the past couple years. So, yes, anything to get viewership up, I would agree. Let's move on to another newish song that came out. Um, This is about maybe a week or so ago. Mariah Carey 
Christmas season is approaching, which means Mariah Carey season is approaching, and she has a brand new Christmas song featuring Khaled. Is it Khalid or Khaled? Khaled? Khalid? I say Khaled. Okay. But we might be wrong. I don't know now. <laughs> okay. Well, featuring Khaled and Kirk Franklin, and the song is called Fall in Love at Christmas, and there was also a, a lovely little festive music video that came along with it. Christmas What were your thoughts on the song and the video? I love the song. Really? You love the song? (laughs) First of all, why did you say it like that? (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. (laughs) I'll go first and I'll say... (laughs) Okay, you know what? Here's the thing. When you say Mariah and Christmas, I'm like, I'm expecting big things. Mariah has set a precedent for herself so i'm expecting big things obviously i'm not expecting something like that can ever top all i want for christmas is you like that's you know that's very hard to do right maybe mariah might do it because she's fully capable but i just feel like for me this fall in love at christmas i feel like there was too much of khaled on it i wish he wasn't on the track honestly and i wish kirk franklin came into the song a bit earlier I feel like I was kind of waiting for the Kirk Franklinist to come and then yeah. it like comes towards the very end and then it's over and you're like, oh, but it was getting so good. That's right. how I feel. I will say the gospel side of the track at the end was my favorite part. Yes. Um, But you know what? I go into new Mariah Christmas songs, not really expecting much mm. because we have great the pinnacle songs. Yeah. So all of this is like cherry on top. So that's how I go into it. Yeah. Not expecting much. So pretty much anything that she does, there's an exception of like a couple Christmas songs that she's done, but they feel lovely, Christmassy. Mm-hmm. It gives me the spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all I need, you know, because I can always go back to the first album that yeah. she did. But I actually enjoyed her vocal performance. Oh, yeah. She always um, like sounds great. It reminded me of like her early stuff, like the first three albums, Mariah. Oh, I love Debut Raya era. Oh my gosh, yes. I follow that Instagram account, by the way, De- Debut Raya. He <laughs> <laughs> says shout out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she she sounded great. Khaled, he sounded good. It was just I just feel I like he's it. not he's not necessary on the track. <laughs> I don't know why he. I I feel like Mariah was like, well, to get the youngins interested, we need to put him on the track. I don't know what value he added. I mean, he looked happy to be there. He did. Yeah, yeah. I'd be happy did. too to be in a Christmas <laughs> setting with Mariah Carey. But um, Khaled, thank you for your service, I guess. But um, I wish there was another edition of just Mariah and Kirk Franklin. Oh, that would be amazing. See, what a, doesn't that sell you, Mariah Kirk Franklin? Full stop. That's it. That's all That's you need. It. That would that would be great. That would be cool if yes. like Mariah did like a festive Christmas album with like gospel influences and had Kirk Franklin like kind of help her do all of that. We're talking like preacher's wife, that kind of gospel 
like full gospel element. I would be interested. Yeah. But I feel like Mariah would probably make it a little bit more poppy than Whitney did with, you know, Preacher's Wife. Because she's trying to make the coin. Yeah. I mean, Christmas is her season. Yeah. Well, from Mariah to Whitney. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited because it's Whitney, but our topics under the the Whitney heading here are not bringing me joy. So... <laughs> That part. In in short, because nothing is sacred when it comes to Whitney, a remake of The Preacher's Wife and The Bodyguard are in the works. And these were all announced within weeks of each other. So, yeah. Angie, what are your thoughts? Are you excited about a Preacher's Wife reboot, a Bodyguard reboot? And and to add insult to injury, Courtney B. Vance and Angela Bassett and another person are producing the Preacher's I Wife um, remake. So for those of you guys who don't aren't aware of the history between Whitney and Courtney B. Vance and Angela Bassett, Whitney was in Waiting to Exhale with Angela Bassett, and then she was in The Preacher's Wife with Courtney B. Vance, and then Angela Bassett also directed that Lifetime movie about Whitney that Bobby Christina was not very happy about when she was alive. So yeah, there's a lot of history between these people. So what are your what are your thoughts on on that news? It's a no for me. It's it's a all the way hardcore no. I'm tired of reboots. One. Yeah. Please, let's stop. Mm-hmm. But something like The Bodyguard and the Preacher's Wife, The Bodyguard in particular is not a fantastic movie. Yeah, which you can go back and listen to that episode because <laughs> we made so much fun of that movie. I love Whitney. We love Whitney. But man, that movie has a lot of... Um, iconic moments (laughs) yeah i mean it's a cult classic yeah but it's a cult classic because of whitney houston exactly and the the soundtrack like exactly there is nobody alive right now even if you put beyonce in this in the film i would say no why do we need it it's it's done we did it there's nothing that's going to come out that can be better than the original especially Mm -hmm. with something like the bodyguard now the preacher's wife kind of the same thing Mm-hmm. the reason why it was so special is because of Denzel and Whitney. Yeah. Like we were rooting. Oh, well, at least I was, I was rooting for the angel. Like, I was rooting for, I was like, every time I watch preacher's wife, I'm like, maybe she'll cheat and walk away with Denzel this time. That's what I- <laughs> <laughs> it will be different. Every single time, every yeah. single time. <laughs> but again, what made the preacher's wife special is the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. There is nobody who's going to do it like Whitney. And yeah. to even put yourself in a situation to be compared to Whitney Houston. <laughs> oh my God, I'd, please, be, let's I'd not. be scared. We don't need this. Please, let's just move on. <laughs> like, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think Whitney is a huge reason why those movies are what they are, especially when it comes to The Bodyguard. That just feels like when you think The Bodyguard, you immediately think, Whitney Houston like period there is no I mean like I guess you could think of Kevin Costner too but like let's be real Whitney is first and it's it's largely because of the soundtrack like we we discussed today and like we discussed back then again like kind of like what I was saying earlier in the episode too like it just feels like everything Whitney did and because they're trying to like you know reboot her projects there's kind of this like insinuation of like oh Whitney can essentially be replaced which i don't like we all know that's not true and when it comes to the bodyguard in particular like i was reading here that the screenwriter was like well 
it's not like technically a sequel like and it's not really the same story either and then in my head i'm like well why are you calling it the bodyguard like call it something else then they're really just using the title of the bodyguard because that's going to get people interested in seeing a movie under the guise of like oh it's the bodyguard but really it's not the bodyguard right i feel like what they're also trying to do too with the bodyguard is maybe make it sort of like a, a star is born kind of movie where right. it's going to be remade like every 10 15 years and like the pop diva of the time will fill the whitney role which i guess there is a justification in that but like i just don't want it to be the bodyguard because the bodyguard to me is whitney well and you can't do it with the bodyguard again because whitney houston was the voice and let's be real the reason why that album sold as many copies as it did is not because of side b with all the other songs i've never listened to before it is tracks one through six it's those six songs exactly exactly it goes back to we just don't need it yeah we don't need it we don't need it you know what we also don't need this whitney houston hologram that now has a residency (laughs) in las vegas yeah whitney houston's hologram is getting a las vegas residency Wearing a gold gown, then in ripped jeans, grooving with live dancers behind her, the hologram took five years to produce. Of course, there is controversy, even though the show is sanctioned by Whitney's estate and overseen by her sister-in-law, Pat Houston. Now, what do you say to people who criticize the hologram? Listen, naysayers are everywhere. If she were here and we were working on the hologram, we would be working on the hologram. We're doing nothing that she would not approve. One of those naysayers, Whitney's cousin, Dionne Warwick. Let her rest in peace. Leave her alone. You know, she's given her her talent to you. Leave her alone. Would you be willing to see that hologram? Hell no. Me too. It's just, it's weird. Like, why am I paying money for this? When Mm -hmm. I can go go home, listen to it, or they can re-release the concerts. That's what I'm saying. My God, please. Please re-release her concerts. Not even re-release. Release the concerts because they never were released. <laughs> you know what I would pay money for? If it was like a live show. So you know I like the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, oh my God. That would be so amazing. I would if, pay for that? that too. Holy shit. I just <laughs> <For> got the, <laughs> chills. <laughs> for the people who don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> so the Hollywood Bowl, um, they do this thing. It's in a, a venue here in hollywood obviously sometimes they'll show a film and then they have the la philharmonic doing the score if they did that with whitney with whitney i would (laughs) pay for that over and over and over again oh my god that would be like a religious experience listen they (sighs) oh my god whitney's estate please subscribe (laughs) to the podcast and we will give you ideas for a price see i feel like that kind of project I would support. I would absolutely support that. Because she is at the the forefront of it. It's not like a likeness of her where it's like a hologram or let's say someone pretending to be her in a biopic. It is yeah. actually Whitney Houston. Exactly. Pat is so fucking stupid. <laughs> let's talk about another way where Pat is stupid. Um, This Whitney biopic. Mm. So new director, mm-hmm. Casey Lemons, who did... Harriet has filled in for Stella McGee and um, interestingly a couple of days ago Stella McGee tweeted 
this. She said, quote, when I first got to L.A., I got this advice from a mentor. People will hire you for your voice, then try to strip it away to play things safe. Your success will depend on your ability to persuade them to keep as much of you on the page possible. Never forgotten that. Um, so I don't know if maybe that is alluding to the um, Whitney <laughs> biopic, but um, she is no longer part of that project. And who else is not part of the project anymore is the actress who is going to play Robin Crawford. Her name is Moses Ingram. You might recognize her if you watched The Queen's Gambit. She's no longer going to be playing Robin Crawford. Instead, she has been replaced by Nefessa Williams. So um, how do you feel about these shakeups? I actually became a little bit more interested because Miss Williams joined the project. She was on um, Black Lightning. She played a character, Thunder, on Black Lightning, and I love her to death. Okay. You said Casey Lemons. She directed Eve's Bayou. I love Eve's Bayou. It's one of my favorite films. I hate to say that I'm low-key interested, but not because of the the biopic itself but because of the people associated with it Mm. i just want to see what happens uh will i support it in the theaters no it's gonna be a fire stick situation but uh (laughs) (laughs) i'm just being honest right now but yeah i'm i'm still kind of interested a little bit maybe i feel like knowing me i'm gonna watch this in the theater because it's whitney I'm, I know me. I will go to the theater and I will watch it, even if that means having to use my money to support another handbag for Patricia. I mean, it is what it is. Unfortunately, that's the situation we have all gotten ourselves into. Um, but what I'm hoping with when it comes to this Whitney biopic is Clive Davis, God willing, hopefully he does not die because has anyone seen Clive Davis lately? Ooh, yikes. <laughs> Um, He's getting up there in age. Um, I hope Clive Davis and the team at Arista will think of, in conjunction with this biopic coming out, think of releasing an actual concert documentary of some sort with Whitney. Or some new, like, these were the rares that were never released, and here they are. Like, I just feel like... Come on, Clive, make this a moment. Give us, this is the thing. I want the real Whitney. She's no longer here. I want projects with Whitney, not holograms or people pretending to be Whitney. I want Whitney. That's when I my love will be reinvigorated. I am tired. I am tired of this. I'm tired of this, Pa. I'm tired of this, Grandpa. That's too damn bad. I hate to burst your bubble. No! (laughs) But I highly, highly doubt that that's going to happen because they would have did it with the Whitney Whitney doc. But I feel like the biopic is going to be a bigger release compared to a documentary. I don't think so. Because there has been already biographies and docs. There's been so many. People are, we're exhausted. Stop creating documentaries about her. Unless it's just about the music. I don't want to hear about Bobby. I, I well, don't want to hear about Bobby. You're going to hear about Bobby in this biopic. Right. And then Bobby Brown released his stuff. Like we've gotten so much. 
So what's going to make like, this different? I feel like this biopic, it's not a Lifetime movie or a, a VH1 movie. Like this is an official big studio biopics. People are doing biopics right now. Freddie Mercury, Queen, um, Rocketman, Elton John, that horrendous Aretha Franklin biopic. <laughs> not worth talking about. <laughs> they're they're trying to get on this trend of biopics. And I feel like they're going to try and make this a big thing because those at least not the aretha one but the rocket man and the queen one were so successful they're gonna try and make this a moment for for whitney maybe not necessarily for whitney coming from the heart but for whitney with with the monetary gain well i'm just gonna i'm gonna burst my own bubble (laughs) to not get super excited about it yeah, well, I mean, if there's one thing being a Whitney fan has taught me is to control my expectations and to not really have any. Facts. <laughs> Facts. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> well, we go from a sad place to a happy place. Next on the agenda, let's talk about the Spice, the Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So this... <laughs> I wonder if that's even going to be picked up by your mics. You were like, the Spice Girls. Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Got to calm down. So this this was the artist. This is one of the artists that I was alluding to in my yes. Oscar moment of the week. If you would have told me a year ago to this day that I would become a huge Spice Girls stan, even at the beginning of 2021, that would have not been on my bingo card at <laughs> all. No offense to the girls, but it really would have not been on my bingo card. But then, as with most of my obsessions in life, it happened over the summer. And I got in to the Spice Girls rabbit hole tunnel. I am here. I am announcing formally. (laughs) I am a huge Spice Girls stan. And maybe this was not coincidental. Maybe it was meant to be. Because this happened on the 25th anniversary of their debut album, Spice. And now I'm here, the girls are here, and over the weekend, because I feel like these bitches, they knew, they were like, we gotta give her something to talk about on Diva Dailies because it can't just be this anniversary album. No, 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 no. Melanie Brown, Mel B, that's scary spice for the uncultured folk. (laughs) Emma Bunton, baby spice. Jerry Hallowell, now Horner, Ginger, and supposedly Melanie Melanie Chisholm, Mel C, a.k.a. Sporty Spice, met with them over Zoom because she's here in L.A. Maybe you could see her, Angie, <laughs> hiking. <laughs> um, those four had a meeting, allegedly in talks for more touring in 2023. There's um, whispers, rumblings in the blogs that they're going to go to Australia first and then hit the U.S. But um, according to the article that I read, Adele urged Mel B when Mel B attended Adele's an audience with in the UK like a week or so ago that they need to tour because Adele was thinking of the people, a.k.a. me. (laughs) And so now we're here and I am excited. Spice Girls, let's dance. Spice Girls, (laughs) let's dance. Spice Girls, let's dance. What's your um, relationship to the Spice Girls? I know your favorite girl group is TLC. As long as you know. As long as I know. And I do know that. (laughs) <laughs> I do know that. But my my Spice Girls relationship is great. I loved them when I was... <laughs> okay, I thought I was going to say... I fucking hate 
them. I hate those. <laughs> no, the Spice Girls are classics. Like, thank you. I love. I love the Spice Girls. Grew up on the Spice Girls. I was like six when they came out. Okay, so when I started getting into the Spice Girls, so this is kind of embarrassing to admit, I had never listened to the Spice Girls albums in full until wow. this summer. Yeah, because when they when that when the Spice Girls came out. And when, by the time Jerry left the band, I was like three, four years old. Word, word. So I don't really, really have any like memories of the Spice Girls when they were at their like peak in their imperial phase. Right. And um, when they had their first reunion in the mid 2000s, that's really where more of like my Spice Girls memories start happening. But my like my parents were never like oh you you have an interest in the spice girls let's get you the album it was like one song only (laughs) itunes 99 cents one or two songs so it's like my spice girls musical knowledge was very limited until this past summer wow when i was like okay i'm gonna listen to every single spice girls album which there's only three and i was like oh my oh my god this is good what the hell they have really good music you guys It has truly brought me so much joy. I don't think I realized how like early nineties R and B their sound was. Oh especially super. the the Spice album. Yeah. I think it's my favorite Spice Girls album is Spice. I agree. I think oh, that's my God. favorite too. But then like Spice World is like so much more popular and it's such an eclectic album because there's so many different kind of sounds there. There's like exactly. the Latin and the rock and then the pop. But then like, okay, by the time I got to Forever, I was bracing myself i was like holy shit like everyone <laughs> fucking hates this album they do i'm scared they do yeah and I, and i will say the first time i listened to forever i was like oof jerry would have never let this happen <laughs> this is what happens when jerry leaves the band. <laughs> but but it has oh grown on me it has grown on me and i will say to tie into janet jimmy jam and terry lewis have a song with the spice girls it they is do. track number nine on forever and it's called if you want to have some fun and oh my god i cannot believe i went my entire life not knowing this song it is such a jam oh my god you guys please if there's one takeaway you can get from this episode listen to track nine off of forever it's called if you want to have some fun thank you jimmy jam and terry lewis that is in my opinion the spice girls most underrated song in their entire discography if you want to have that. some fun. Could, wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Tell me, do you like the Rudy stuff? I don't even know what the Rudy stuff is. Is that a UK slang? I don't know, but it sounds cool. The party after the show. I see your face. I want to get to know. guess melanie c was doing live streams during the pandemic and she talked about the tour that they went on and i didn't even know that they toured the uk in 2019 and let me tell you 
I, I found several YouTube videos that were like edited by fans, but it looks legit. Like yeah. it's good quality. Yeah. Like the editing is really, really good. Their 2019 tour was so good. That's why I really want them to come to America. If they bring that exact same show, I personally wouldn't be pissed because that show was really, really good. I think that's their best tour that they've done, that 2019 tour. I feel like you guys have been teasing us for years about a Spice Girls reunion. reunion. So uh, what is the word? Victoria okay. said she's in. Right? Did she? Yes. Did she, she said, did she, she mail you this she morning? Did she mail you this morning? We are working on her. Let me tell you. <laughs> so we did some stadium shows in 2019 over in the UK and they were phenomenal. We had the best time ever. And our intention was continue, you know, to continue to go around the world. Of course, we're in this difficult situation where traveling is hard right now, but we are constantly talking about beyond the pandemic, you know, when it's safe to travel, to have lots of people in venues. That's what we want to do. Would all five of you guys be in the 2023 tour? At the moment, it's only the four of us, oh. as we did in 2019. Mm. But, we're, you know, we're working on Victoria, you know, she's... She might be softening to the idea of getting on stage. She should. At some point, yeah. Before we leave the Spice Girls, even though it will make me upset to, you know, have to leave them behind, do you have a favorite Spice Girl? Of course. Scary. For obvious okay. reasons. <laughs> okay, I feel like for me, for me, it really depends on the era, but if it was like gun to my head, who is your favorite Spice Girl? Mel B. I mean, I, I'm Superior saying... Superior Spice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying for obvious reasons... For myself as a black chick because right she's the black chick um but i also if if i wasn't going based off of that sporty because Mel I was melanie the, c has the vocals listen and she did the um song with left eye. oh yeah, yeah yes never be the same again <laughs> yes so from the u.s you know. to uk <laughs> Red clay, the US to UK, NYC to LA, from sidewalks to highways. See, it'll never be the same. What I'm saying, my mind frame never changed. So you came and rearranged. I was a tomboy, she was a tomboy. Like, it's just her and scary did it yeah. for me. I mean, I do, I, I genuinely do love all the girls, and I think, like, depending on the era, it, it changes for me. Right. But um, if I, gun to my head, I would say Mel B is my favorite. Like, currently, if I were to rank them, Mel B, Mel C, Emma. Okay. Jerry, Victoria, because she's not in talks with the girls doing anything with them right now. Yeah. I'm sure she's friends with them, but at least that's what I'm telling myself. Um, but, but you guys, friendship never ends, you guys. Friendship never ends. Let's move on from the Spice Girls and quickly jump to Kylie Minogue. This is the second artist that I became really obsessed with. Specifically, I'm going to say specifically her disco era. I haven't listened to every Kylie Minogue album. This is my first Kylie Minogue album that I've listened to in full. It's okay. called Disco. And over the, I think over the weekend or a couple of days ago, she just released Disco again, but it's the guest list edition. So it's the original disco songs plus the songs that came on the deluxe edition. But she also has three new duets um, with Ollie Alexander from Years and Years, Jesse Ware and Gloria Gaynor, as well as some new remixes. Love the album. Have you listened to some of the songs at least? Or I listened to a couple. I only could say one song for sure because I can't remember the other song that I listened to. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But Can't Stop Writing Love Letters with Gloria Gaynor. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. I Or Can't Stop 
writing love letters about you. That's mm-hmm. the name of the song. Um, but I just listened to that song this morning. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is a cute little song. I haven't heard Gloria Gaynor in forever in 18 years. And right. F- for those who don't know, she is one of the queens of disco. Um, so it makes sense. Right. She did. I will survive. Right. I think she did. I will survive. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, Her voice definitely has aged. But outside of that, it was a fun little disco record. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't bad at all. If it ain't about you, then boy, it ain't the same. Oh, no, 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 no. I just can't stop writing songs about you. I just can't stop writing songs about you. you. I was reflecting. I think what I love about recently getting into the Spice Girls and now this Kylie Minogue disco album is I love just how fun the music is. Yeah. I feel like in music, especially nowadays, we don't really get fun music anymore. No. We get vibes. Yeah. It's it's vibes. It's very mellow or just really <laughs> sad. Yeah. But I appreciate at least listening to these artists and getting into them because they just make such great, fun, happy music. I agree. And we're missing that. I agree. The up-tempos. We're missing the up-tempos. Yeah, we're missing up-tempos. Yeah. So, yeah. Kylie Minogue's disco album. Please give it a listen. Speaking of sad music. (laughs) (laughs) What a segue. (laughs) Let's talk about the queen of sadness. Adele's 30th era is just around the corner. And at the time of recording this, last night, and I know you watched this because I saw your tweets. Last (laughs) night, Adele had a TV special here in America called Adele. What was it? It was like Adele One One Night. One Night Only. One night only. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And she performed in LA in front of the Griffith Observatory. And there were a lot of celebrity people in in the audience. It was kind of like a who's who. Yes. For anyone who has seen Barbara Streisand's One Voice special back in like 1986, she did it in her Malibu home in California back then. And there were a lot of celebrities in the audience one Miss Whitney Houston was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bette Midler was there. It it's very. I felt like it was very similar. Yeah. Adele's Adele's people probably watched that. It was like, let's do that. So right. it aired last night on CBS, as well as um, an interview with Oprah was interspersed within the special. Adele, music, Adele. I invite you to join me for one night only. I flew all the way across the country just to be here. What an incredible evening. I chose to do the sort of comeback this way with the new album, just to celebrate how special the album, you know, the process of, of making it has been really special. 
what were your thoughts? She debuted some new songs she off did. of 30 in that special. So what were your thoughts on the special, the music? Well, let me just Go. say this. I didn't watch the special. Oh, you didn't? So I didn't. I didn't. Oh, okay. Angie was using hashtag, hashtag Adele one I night. I was like, oh, Angie's <laughs> watching the special. Because here's what happened. I saw a lot of the people that I, le- I love to follow. They were talking about it. And they started talking about a new songs. And I said, oh, I want to hear the new songs. So, of course, I go to YouTube and somebody has already recorded it oh, <laughs> and put course. it on YouTube. Yeah. So I was just listening to the new songs. And um, Hold On. Oh, yeah. Is that girl. It hasn't dropped yet. But listen, Hold On is going to be my new favorite Adele joint. I've already ripped it from YouTube. It is on the iPod right now. I've been listening to it in the car. That is the joint right there. And Adele, she sounds amazing still. Love her, love her, love her. Yeah, she sounded amazing. She looked amazing. I really, yeah, I really liked Hold On. I also really liked, um, wait, where's my phone? Okay, wait. I, I have here, I screenshotted the set list. Um, so you haven't watched the special? No. I mean, oh, I've oh seen like five of the performances. It's pretty much the whole set list. No, I'm lying. I saw the whole set list this morning. It's 21 minutes. They just put yes. it on YouTube. So she did Hello, yes. Easy on Me, Skyfall. Skyfall, I Drink Wine, Someone Like You, When We Were Young, Make You Feel My Love, Hold On, Rolling in the Deep, and Love is a Game. Yes. Love is a Game is a bop too. Oh my gosh. Love is a Game. The beginning is so pretty. Oh my gosh. And you know the way they introed the song was in the interview, Oprah was like, can you write music from a happy place? Because, you know, you're seeing someone new and Adele was talking about the person she's seeing now. I think it's some sort of like Hollywood agent or someone. And um, yeah, she was just basically talking about how she's happy in a relationship. And then it transitioned into love is a game. And like the did you did you see the visuals though when she oh, was like yeah. in front of the so pretty yes it looked like it looked like I don't know astrology projections it did it did and I was like oh the L A people are gonna really love that <laughs> <laughs> just put crystals and <laughs> I really liked um I drink wine oh that was a that was a good one too there wasn't a song that I heard that was new that wasn't good yeah. I just love Adele. And you know what? I will say I forget how much I love Adele because I'm mm-hmm. not listening to Adele all the time. But yeah. as soon as I listened to Hold On, I started replaying her music and the 25 album came on. And I was just like, I I love her so much. So, okay. So since you're a huge <laughs> fan of Adele, yes. how do you feel about, you know, when Easy On Me first came out? Everyone was like, oh my God, new Adele, yes. But then there were also discussions on the internet of, is Adele boring? Does she just make the same music over and over again? What are your thoughts on that discussion? Okay, so two things. When Easy On Me came out, I was not moved at all. Oh, really? I that did, wow, I okay. didn't move me. I listened to the song. Did you watch the video? I watched the video. It was a cute little video. You were like, keep driving down that street where all these people yeah. are happy but you're not and keep going like this with your hand <laughs> out the window love like the color just, red it was cute um easy on me definitely sounded like other material i've already heard but i i will say i love that opening lyric though of easy on me the, fire there there ain't no gold in this 
in this river that my hands keep. I was yeah. like, Ooh, that's written by someone who has lived. <laughs> there ain't no gold in this river that I've been washing my hands in forever. I know there is Her pin game is on point. There's no denying her pin game at all. It definitely sounded like something I've already heard. So that's why I wasn't impressed. Mm, okay. But as far as Adele being boring, I hardcore disagree with that. She is not a boring artist. Uh, she's a different kind of artist than who's out now. I agree. Yeah. Right. She's going to give you a 12 track album. Almost every song is going to be minimum four minutes at most six. There's there's a version of the track list that has like the times and like a good chunk of them are like five to six minutes long. This, and this is what we need. She has in a lot to life. say. <laughs> this is what we need in life. And it's not even just about like she has a lot to say, but she allows the the music to speak for itself. Mm. So we don't get a lot of those artists most of the artists are trying to, you know, crank out two to three minute songs. We don't get bridges. We don't get a phenomenal pre-chorus and all like well-structured songs. Yeah. So when Adele comes out, it's like, oh, it's, it's too long. Oh, she's singing an another ballad. Like she is a balladeer. Like, what did you expect? Like, mm -hmm. this is her thing. She has not strayed away from like her brand. This is who Adele is. And if you don't like it, just don't listen. It's really that easy for any artist too. But I don't think that makes her boring. I think for some people where the criticism comes is like because a lot of her songs stay within like the same kind of like sonic world. Her sound is pretty consistent across 19, 21, 25, and now even 30. So I think that's mm. why some people say, you know, her sound isn't like overtly evolving in the way in comparison to some like other artists. But I think there is something to be said. Like, I like that Adele stays consistent to her sound. Yeah. Like Adele knows her brand. Right. Exactly. And I, I would say, too, while maybe there is not like a like a, a, a very obvious sonic difference throughout like each of her albums like it still kind of stays pretty consistent i think lyrically she has evolved like her subject matter and like just i feel like like the pain just becomes yeah. deeper and her lyricism improves i agree throughout each album but i will say uh i kind of disagree i think musically she has evolved so much if you listen to the, to the 21 album versus uh -huh. the 25 25 album she's just so out of her comfort zone i miss you that big heavy bass beat like oh that that did it for me water under the bridge has like a groove to it we weren't giving mm -hmm. she wasn't giving us groove music ever it was like mm, okay it was either a pop a pop up tempo kind of like rolling in the deep but she was never giving us a groove a uh, river lee sounds different and then she takes it back and she gives us like love in the dark and million years ago which is the the sad you know songs but sweetest devotion too like what 25 has i think one of my favorite adele songs which is all i ask oh isn't that the bruno mars song yeah bruno mars penned that yes that's oh man that's that's a good one that's, that's really sad yeah <laughs> 
we're just like, yeah, that's that's a really sad one. Also really love When We Were Young, which she performed. Ugh. Oh my God. Did you watch that performance of When We Were Young? Yes. From last night? Yes. Okay. So I was watching it. And for those of you guys who didn't watch it, um, when she performs this, because she's performing in front of the Griffith Observatory, they're projecting like pictures of Adele on the building. And guess what I see in the background of Adele is Ooh. the picture she took with the Spice Girls <laughs> during their 2019 <laughs> tour. The camera was literally panning and I was like, is that Jerry Hallowell? I was like, wait, that's Mel B. Emma? Mel C. And they were like, they were like doing the girl power. So I was like, oh, oh my God. Spice World 2023 confirmed. Oh my God. Adele is sending subliminal messages. She wants the girls to tour. And I was like, that was the highlight of this special Not for the me. highlight. Seeing, <laughs> seeing Adele in this beautiful black gown singing in front of the Griffith Observatory with a big projection of her and the Spice Girls. <laughs> I was like, put, I tweeted out last night. I was like, put it in the MoMA. Put it in the MoMA. That's the one. That's the image right there. Spice Girls stand. Boom. Spice, Spice Girls stand. Adele's a huge Spice Girls stand. She said yes. in her, her Vogue interview, they were like, Beatles or the Spice Girls and she said Spice Girls As and I was like be. you know what that's on girl power that, I mean if they asked me the same question I would say Spice Girls too like what kind yeah. of question thank is you. that thank you Adele for understanding the people Spice Girls or the Beatles I mean that's a bit unfair but I'm gonna go with Spice Girls by the way what's the most impressive thing about the Spice Girls they really don't care they really 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 don't care about anything and I can think just their brashness and stuff like that I think we have finally come to the last topic, and it is the reason, really, why we decided to come back right now. <laughs> and Miss Janet Jackson. Yes. There is a TV documentary airing this Friday at the time of recording called Malfunction, The Dressing Down of Janet Jackson, airing Friday, November 19th on Hulu and FX. It's part of the same TV series that did Framing Britney Spears. And that was obviously very successful. So now they're moving on and they're doing a Janet one this year. And it's going to center on Janet's Super Bowl performance that she did with Justin Timberlake and the wardrobe malfunction and the fallout from that. And what's interesting here is this is directed and produced by a woman named Jodi Gomes, who is an African-American woman. But what I found particularly interesting is she previously worked with the Jacksons on a reality TV series called Jackson's A Family Dynasty, which I watched. It was it came out after Michael had died and it yeah. followed the brothers after. And um, I thought that was really good. So now I'm like, okay, this woman is familiar with the family and it has made me relax a little bit. But um, what are your thoughts on this upcoming TV documentary? Are you excited? What are you looking forward to? What are you hoping that they cover? Because we're talking to a premier Janet Stan right now. So I initially I was nervous because yeah, me too. I'm gonna be really, really honest right now. I thought white people were behind this and I mm. didn't think they were gonna co um cover the the racial elements of what happened behind mm. the Super Bowl. But then I saw a black woman was directing it, was behind it. I said, Okay. And she said she was gonna talk about race. I said, Okay. Um, yeah. but I'm, I'm really excited. If the culture wars could have a 9-11, it's February 1st, 2004. The term wardrobe malfunction has been burned into our cultural consciousness. Someone thought this would be a good idea and it backfired. 
It sure seemed like they were trying to diminish Janet's career. Her career gets put on ice, and Justin is rewarded. There was no equality of punishment. When the the Janet doc, like Janet's actual doc, um, through Lifetime and A&E, when that trailer dropped, people were talking about the Super Bowl. But in the back of my head, I was like, there needs to be a documentary specifically on the Super Bowl right. because it was just that big. And I don't think people realize how big it was. Yeah. Same thing for Britney Spears. Like we didn't realize everything until we watched the doc, you know, mm-hmm. for somebody to really break down what happened, I think is great because people still mm-hmm. to this day, it really irks my soul when I see people talk about the Super Bowl and they're like, oh, she did it on purpose because she had a mm. nipple, a nipple ring mm-hmm. or, oh, she did it on purpose. They exclude Justin Timberlake or they're just like, it really wasn't that big. You know, she still had right. a career like, no, she was banned. Like as a Janet fan, it's particularly hard because I remember what it was like when 2004, like March of 2004, when she dropped Demita Joe, you know? To see Janet Jackson not on MTV was crazy. To see her just become a BET artist. Like, imagine Michael Jackson just becoming a BET artist. Oh, man. Like, that's, it's equivalent, right? Or Prince or somebody, or Whitney Houston. It's like, they don't even belong. Like, yes, they belong on BET, but they're not BET artists. Like, these are major pop acts. These are major pop acts. And BET especially 106 in Park, because that's where we saw her. They, they were really R&B hip-hop. Right. There was really no space for black pop acts. You know, mm-hmm. that's where TRL came in. So to see her regulated to that and then not hear her on the radio mm-hmm. was so bizarre. Like, we went from all for you to nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm excited to for the possibility that all these people get to really see why fans go so hard for Janet and why we hate Justin Timberlake. Yeah, because I'm trying to think back to my memories of the mid-2000s. And I think after all of that, in 2006, he came out with uh, Future Sex Love Sounds. Yeah. And that was a huge album for it Justin was. Timberlake. And he was everywhere. And um, Janet was not everywhere. <laughs> so I don't think people, if you weren't around during that time, you maybe don't remember that. Yeah. And you don't really know the background and context of why that was. And also, like, the the less Moonves, um aspect to to the story too how she was like blackballed from so many major corporations so yeah i think a lot of people are going to learn a lot yeah um about what really happened and the dynamics at play right and um i'm hoping to learn a lot too like i want to hear from different people as well um the only thing that i feel like kind of sad about is that janet herself didn't get to I'm assuming didn't really get to participate in this right. because she's in the cold UK yeah. <laughs> where the Spice Girls are. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but um, what is what is nice though is that Janet is going to be coming out with her own documentary yeah. in um, January, and in her in her trailer she's like, "This is my story on my own terms," or like something like that. The voice. So um, <laughs> yeah, gotta do the voice. Are you ready for the one lady? That is taking the nation by storm. This is what a superstar looked like. 
She's an empowered woman. She is a force to be reckoned with. She comes from a whole family of legends. She will always be my baby sister. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Janet Jackson. <laughs> when I was 17, I did what people told me. <laughs> I did what my father said and let my mother mold me. This is my story, told by me, not through someone else's eyes. This is the truth. Take it or leave it. Love it or hate it. This is me. I want to be the one in control. At least that's coming. So I'm yeah. happy. Like, I think this is actually a really great setup for that documentary. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. It's a great setup. It seems like she's going to talk about the Super Bowl. If she doesn't address the Super Bowl at listen, Janet, I know I need you to get off the couch <laughs> and go back into the edi- editing room and add some things because right? you cannot do your own documentary and not address that. Exactly. So I, I think she's going to talk about it. I'm sure not at length as the hulu documentary but Mm -hmm. i hope the documentary covers the politics around Mm. like the actual government politics that happened around the super bowl the bush administration how they used the super bowl it was a re-election year so their campaign the super bowl was a a catalyst for the conservative movement they ended up being very homophobic um it was like a morals uh movement Back to mm-hmm. morals. So I hope they cover like all of that stuff. I could really go into detail about everything that happened that time. But yeah, um, Lena Horn. I hope they talk about Lena Horn and the way she treated Janet afterwards. Oh shit! Yeah, because uh, Janet was supposed to play Lena Horn. Oh, right, right, right. In the biopic, and then Lena Horn was like, "Nope, I don't want you playing her <laughs> or me." It was tough to be a legend in the 2000s and especially a Jackson because people were abandoning that family left Left and and right. right. Yeah. You know what I do hope though when Janet starts like becoming especially when that documentary comes out I hope she doesn't sit down with Oprah. Uh, I think her connections with Oprah is gone. Janet don't do it. Listen because she Janet you know she didn't say anything about um, leaving Neverland after Oprah did those shenanigans and she's uh gave away oprah's hoop earrings yeah for from the legends ball <laughs> i love that that was a good move Janet. Yes. very subtle so i don't i don't think the the jackson family is rocking with um oprah, oprah. like that yeah. at all she better not sit down with oprah i'd be so upset oh janet, my god people here i don't know if like you're aware in the uk but janet people here in america will be very upset Listen. with you your fans specifically <laughs> would be very upset with you if you i'd rather her sit with tyra <laughs> <laughs> give you tyra in the ballroom of dancing with the stars on janet night we we teased um this janet conversation because the plan is next week after this documentary airs J- angie and i i almost called you janet Janet and I (laughs) Um, Angie and I will be back to talk about our thoughts with this this documentary and then maybe we will be back again the following week to talk about Adele's 30th album you know and then after that who knows if we'll be back (laughs) the the rest of um 2021 that is TBD but um yeah so so much um diva-ness coming your way I hope you guys enjoyed 
this episode. We talked a lot. We did. About so many different things. And if you are watching the YouTube version of this, I mean, my goodness, you you could have done all your chores. Exactly. And um, <laughs> oh, wait. this was a long conversation. One more yeah, thing. What? Before we oh, go, what? I really want, it's another diva that oh. I want to talk about really quick. Yes. Aaliyah. Oh, oh my God. That was another thing that happened this year. The re-release album rollouts. Oh, speaking of re-releases. Yes. Have been some of the best album rollouts I've seen in the past five years. The box sets. I got two of the box sets, the self-title and one in a million, the sweatpants and you know, all the merch just been phenomenal. Shout out to black rounds, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, all their stuff has been amazing. Are you happy that her albums are now on streaming? You know what's funny? I didn't know. And she's like, it doesn't even matter because I own the CDs already. <laughs> Literally. Like, I didn't know they weren't on streaming platforms until 2018. Oh. Oh. I was uh, teaching a class and I told one of my kids, I was playing Aaliyah. They asked who it was. I said, oh my gosh, you guys need to know Aaliyah. Get out your phones right now. Go on Spotify. Look up this song. And you were like, therein lies the problem. Yeah, she's they said not that, you know, there. she's not there. I said, okay, well, it's on YouTube. I know that for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I have all the albums on CD already. So they're just on my phone and I had all the stuff. So I, I was never lacking in Aaliyah. Uh-huh. But I'm happy that the world gets to revisit Aaliyah again. Well, Angie, before we go, can you give the people your socials one last time until next week? YouTube, Sleepy Nerd Productions, Twitter, Poetry Soul 3. Perfect. And if you want to follow the podcast, we're at Diva Daily's Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you want to email us, divadailyspod at gmail.com. And if you want to follow me, I'm at INN underscore MHO on Twitter and Instagram. And then in my humble opinion on YouTube. Um, that's pretty much it. We hit all the diva topics. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. You're informed in the DCU, all of the happenings there. And as always, remember divas. So the thing is, a diva has to be good at what she does. 